Welcome to Speaking Keystone, a podcast dedicated to preserving the origins of public speaking. Each episode will bring you valuable insights and information about influential people and events from the history of public speaking. I am your host, Jan Todorovic. In this episode, we will continue where we left off in the previous one, the latter part of 1904. We will discover how the founder of Toastmasters International continued his career in the YMCA or the Young Men's Christian Association and further promoted the concept of Toastmasters. Before we continue our topic, I need to make a few short announcements. I am an active member of three clubs in Toastmasters International. While I am an active member, I am still required to provide this disclaimer as Toastmasters International is a trademark. Toastmasters International and all other Toastmasters International trademarks and copyrights are the sole property of Toastmasters International. This podcast is independent of Toastmasters International. It is not authorized by, endorsed by, sponsored by, affiliated with, or otherwise approved by Toastmasters International other than for the use of the name Toastmasters International. Since we took care of the disclaimers, Let's get on with the fun stuff. During the last quarter of 1904, the General Secretary of Bloomington YMCA, George Sutton, and the Educational Director, Ralph Smedley, agreed that they should undertake the training for younger members. The problem was to give it a name and a form that would appeal. It would not do after a public speaking class nor a debating society, not even a literary society, since such a name would not be an attractive to the young men. After much discussion, they settled on the idea of a social club, meeting weekly with programs devoted to practice in short speeches, debates, and some work in chairmanship. Ralph Smedley considered the idea of the club a refinement of the discussion groups fostered by Ben Johnson and Benjamin Franklin, the Junto, which was created in 1727. 1727. So many years ago. Almost three centuries ago. As an educational director of Bloomington YMCA, Ralph Smedley organized a public speaking club for older high school students during the fall of 1904. George Sutton, the general secretary of the Bloomington YMCA, suggested the name Toastmasters, since meetings simulated formal banquet situations. Smedley believed that was the first club ever organized on the simple plan of short speeches with criticism by the members and the rotation of speakers and presiding officers. Back then, he did not know of any earlier use of the name for an organized group. Thus, it appeared to him that they really started something new in their modest little group of older boys in the Bloomington YMCA. In this episode, I wanted to introduce a bit of twist. Are you ready? First known use of the word Toastmaster was back in 1749, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary. That's 270 years ago. James Toole, Father of actor John Lawrence Toole was possibly the first professional Toastmaster during the 1840s in London, UK. 
William Kingsmith was the first to wear the red coat, now associated with the London Society of Toastmasters, as he wanted to be distinguished from waitstaff and footmen. He was the public announcer at the 1908 London Olympic Games and presided over court functions at St. James's Palace, ceremonies at the House of Commons and Royal Albert Hall. Another widely known person associated with the role of a Toastmaster was George Jessel, who lived from 1898 to 1981, an American illustrated song model, actor, singer, songwriter, and film producer, known in his lifetime as Toastmaster General of the United States. If you have some time, have a look through the Toastmaster General of the United States. After thorough research, I found out there were three different instances of the existence of a public speaking club, wait a minute, with the name Toastmasters Club. In 1892, the Washingtonian Toastmasters Club was formed at the Michigan State Normal College. That was the first organization whose members explicitly identified the need for a club that was more social in nature. Club started from a gathering of boys from the normal school when they assembled with their classmate Pope Paul Cowgill to share a package that he had received from his parents. A member known as Jennings said, The generosity of host, the delicacies of the repast, the stories, the toasting, and the pleasant thing together suggested the idea that an organized club with regular times of meeting would be such a social factor that the normal school had long needed. Wow. The Cooks in Toastmasters Club was formed in 1897 to improve students' public speaking abilities through the practice of delivering various types of speeches during their weekly dinner meetings. This was done at the University of Michigan. In Ohio State University in 1909, the Toastmasters Club was organized its purpose was to cultivate the art of after-dinner speaking and to provide opportunities for practice. Ralph Smedley was not aware of these clubs and he had no involvement with them. Here's the catch. Even though I am aware of the limitations that people had during that period, it's still challenging to imagine not knowing what's happening only a few hundred miles away. Just have a look at the map. Michigan and Illinois are bordering states. They were just a few hundred miles away from these cities and Ralph Smedley had no idea about these clubs. Although the first club was actually when Ralph Smedley was only 14 years old. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the follow button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Ralph Smedley's first official Toastmasters meeting was held on March 24, 1905. Smedley and the group established a plan of meeting for dinner, which was possible even for the young men in those days, for a low cost. The dinner cost was about 15 cents of a dollar, which is about $5 in today's currency. The boys themselves helped in preparing it so they could get by without excessive expenses. During the meeting, 
There was a rotation of duties with the members taking turns at presiding and speaking. That sounds very familiar. Short speeches were the rule with the usual limit being five or six minutes. Today's speeches are five to seven minutes on average in Toastmasters. The subjects chosen were the type that would appeal to the young gentleman. Criticism was given by older men who sat in to help and guide, and there was a critical discussion by the other members who expressed their opinions. Smedley and others were able to note a rapid improvement in the speech of the members, and as a result of improved leadership, they saw similar improvement in the clubs with which these young men were associated. I have to take note of this, and especially because this was the only instance where boys under 18 years of age were allowed to be part of the Toastmasters club. Following ones were all above 18 years of age, and I'll explain that in the later stages. Ralph Smedley worked at Bloomington YMCA for almost two years. By May 1906, he was called to Freeport, Illinois to become General Secretary of the YMCA. The role of the General Secretary is equal to today's Executive Director. Based on the suggestions of the directors of YMCA, Mr. and Mrs. Smedley changed church to the First Presbyterian Church across the street from YMCA in Bloomington. This was suggested as all YMCA secretary were Methodist and the directors thought it would be helpful if the newcomer Smedley was of some other denomination. Smedley learned impressive lessons about public speaking along the way from Billy Sunday, who was a baseball player and who also learned that the energy used on a field could be directed into preaching. Smedley also mentioned that his salary in Freeport, Illinois was $1,000 a year, which would equate to modest $28,000 in today's currency. Smedley's work at Bloomington and Peoria had a paramount influence on his role as an educator. This translated into a night school at Freeport in the fall of 1906. He promoted the idea himself, calling the employers who workers needed encouragement to take work in bookkeeping, mechanical drawing, and English. The organization of a Toastmasters club as part of the educational program at Freeport was easy enough for Smedley, but it took direction he hadn't planned. While he spoke to the education committee about the club he organized at Bloomington, he hoped that they could give the Freeport boys the benefit of a similar opportunity. Members of the committee liked the idea, but one of them said, Why waste that on boys? We men would like a chance at it ourselves. The others agreed. And that was the end of the high school boys being accepted as members of Toastmasters Club. In January 1908, there was another mention of Smedley's influencer, Billy Sunday, who has been serving as a reverend at a time. He helped Mr. Smedley at the Freeport YMCA take care of the hanging debt of about $11,500, which would be around $300,000 today. Smedley secured some 8,000 in pledges with the assistance of others, while Mr. Sunday 
at his farewell meeting raised $2,000. Wow, that was quite an effort by Mr. Smedley. This is where our journey ends in this episode, in January 1908. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Speaking Keystone. Make sure to visit our website, speakingkeystone.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this podcast, I would appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help greatly. Until next time, bye-bye.